Hello there. I'm Ryan Woods, a Spartan god. This is my own mind. You're listening to the I'm a Spartan podcast, Scott Knowles. And I'm... What the fuck am I doing this, man? This is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I'm doing these favors for these bums? Nah, fuck this. I'm out here. Katie, bring me some wine. I'm fucking out. I am Scott Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? I got a cool episode here with Tara Jackson, who was on the Spartan Games 2.0, which is airing sometime in 2022 on YouTube. She also talks to us about being in Abu Dhabi for the Spartan World Championship, and we talk about many, many, many other topics, because that's what we do here. Um, also, I want to invite you to an app that I'm trying out, and it's called Wisdom, and it's a way that we can chat through this app. Like, I'm going to go on there, and I'm going to start a talk Thursday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, p.m., and I'm going to have a link in the show notes to my profile, which is going to be under Scott Fane Knowles, and, uh... I want to invite you to, you know, download the app and come and join in and chat. It's one-on-one. There's there's no visual. It's audio only. And it's just a way you can ask me questions. We can talk about the races you've done and strategy or anything else that might come up. But it's just something I want to try. It, it, it seems kind of fun. I've kind of been playing around with it a little bit. And I did kind of a little test uh, talk on there that's like a minute long just so I'm not a total noob when I try it out Thursday night but uh I'm interested in um, hearing from y'all and just seeing how this app pulls out uh, pans out um, so please uh, join the app and follow me on there so you'll know when I go live but I'm here to tell you Thursday night December the 16th at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time I'm gonna go live maybe here a little before, a little after. So I'm interested to hear from you and take questions and uh, and we just chat and talk OCR. But anyway, here's the interview with Tara Jackson. Tara Jackson, what is going on with you today? Scott, I'm doing well. I just uh, finished up for the day, just hanging out. So I met you in Palm Beach and... Uh, I found out that you were dating one of my good friends, Darun, who I think I started, I, uh, me and him been racing elite for a long time, but I know I started hanging out and talking with him at the races probably like early 2016. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been taking a Spartan sabbatical. He actually just had a uh, back surgery, so he's uh, getting back in the swing of things now, though. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, like, how is his back doing? I, I thought I saw him post something the other day, like he was in, like, a swim trainer, and he was and he was swimming. Yeah, so he had, um, they, like, trimmed his disc, like, five five weeks ago, and now he's uh, back to swimming, uh, PT, and he can start running next week. Oh, wow. He's be cleared to run next week. So it was a pretty quick, like, he went in, and then he came out in, like, no pain. So it was pretty awesome. 
Oh, that's great. Because that sounds like a pretty quick recovery from like a back surgery. I know. You think like, oh, they're like cutting into you and uh, cutting into your back. And you're like, you would think that'd be like a lot longer um, recovery. But they, uh, I don't know. It's kind of amazing what they can do with like orthoscopic surgery now. Right. So is he nervous about you know, starting to get back into the, like, running and stuff, thinking about, like, maybe that might hurt him some, or did they give him, like, a total full release to go back to that? Um, I don't think that man gets nervous, but, <laughs> uh, I, he, I know he has his, like, uh, six-week follow-up next week, so then he'll be, a, they're going to tell him if he's officially cleared to run, but I know he's, like, already, like, sign, uh, getting ready to sign up for, like, a half Ironman in May. Oh, wow. So he's already, like, thinking about next year, and he's pretty hopeful with his recovery. That's cool. How did you and him meet? Spartan Racing. Oh, yeah? We met, I guess, um, Jacksonville 2018. He had gotten lost on the course, as usual. And uh, (laughs) I was talking to him about, I think I got, like, third that day, and he was telling me about how he got lost. And then, so, then we just started talking. and So at the race, end of the race, he's like, together. hey, you want a banana and a fit aid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when are y'all going to get married and have a couple of little Daroons running around? Well, no no little Daroons. We have a we have a kip running around. Right. Um, we have our fur child. Right. Um, I don't know. Whenever he asks me, maybe he'll listen to this and I'll, I'll get a ring for Christmas. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, it's funny, like the cultural differences, like, uh, he's from the Netherlands and we've, we've talked a lot about like his brother and his, his, uh, soon to be sister law are getting married, but they've been like dating like eight years. And then one of his other friends, like her, him and his girlfriend were together like 10 years before they got married. So it's oh, like, wow. they don't get married quote unquote fast over right. there. I was like, well. Yeah, well, he don't live over there anymore. A no decade more. is not very fast. Be like, <laughs> be like Woodsy, wait like eleven years. Right. But I mean, we still don't live in the same state. Like he lives in Columbia, and I live in Wilmington. So. Oh really? Oh. I'll give him a pass for now. Oh see, yeah. Um, y'all gonna like move in together and make away. sure it works? Yeah, uh, we see each other every weekend. Oh, so that's cool. He leaves the child with me all week, and then comes back and causes chaos in the household right how do you how do you pronounce his last name i'm not even going to try it because i know i would butcher it uh berizanchi berizanchi see i would have never thought that that was the way you said it yeah and and i probably don't even say it well with you know like the southern accent but (laughs) i close enough he he responds to pretty much anything right that's funny most of my clients call him like darren or (laughs) Jerome. Like, Jerome. Like, nothing that sounds like Jerome at all, but he's just like, oh, yeah. yeah I that's, guess that's me. That's funny you said that because I remember we were talking after a race one day and he told me his name and uh, it was loud, you know, in the festival area. And I, and I turned and, and we were parting ways and I said, what was your name again? Was it Daryl? And he said, yeah, that's a good American name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. So when y'all get in like a big argument, does he start singing "Outcast" to you? 
Oh, I don't think we've ever been in a big argument. Oh, he's he... not a very like uh, we're both very non-confrontational. So, oh, to get, getting getting mad is uh, too much work for him. So he doesn't get mad. Okay, so he's never sung "Outcast" to you. Okay. No, I don't think I've ever heard him sing. Oh, really? I'm kind of upset that he's singing to other people and not singing to me, though. Oh, he so sings to other people, but he doesn't sing to you? What's the matter with him? I don't know. You're talking about him singing. I was imagining he was singing Outcast to you. No, I was just saying that because, you know, I'm sorry, Miss oh, Jackson. Oh, I got you now. I'm sorry, Miss <laughs> Jackson. I, like, completely went over my head. I was like, does he sing Outcast when he gets mad? Is this something that <laughs> he probably I, doesn't... like, never knew about him? Like, some secret? <laughs> no, he probably doesn't even know the song. Yeah, pro- probably not. <laughs> so all right tara tell us a little bit about your background in like sport you know i think i saw on athletes that you did like some cross country and stuff tell us about your you know how you become this badass that you are today so i've been running since i was i guess like 11 or 12 however old you are in like the sixth grade um and i ran through high school and then i came to unc wilmington and i ran cross country and track in college Sweet. So, I have a pretty long running background. More years running than not running. Right. Um, but then after college, I was like, still wanted to do something competitive, and I got into like a local mud run here, and I was just like super hooked on it. So, then I found Spartan Racing and um, got into that for uh, six or seven years probably. And now like I'm transitioning to more like the hybrid fitness um just kind of like a new new challenge um i really like more of the i feel like uh spartan has kind of gotten away from more of the strength based stuff like the bucket carries are a lot lighter the sandbags aren't very heavy um depends on the race so, yeah so i feel like it's kind of like i don't want to call it watered down because i think every race is like as hard as you make it so now right. instead of like just trudging with a heavy bucket you have to like run with a light bucket right. so it's still hard it's just like a different kind of hard that doesn't i guess suit me as well like i'd do better if it was like heavier right um but i say that in abu dhabi the the uh sandbag carry kicked my butt <laughs> they only had men's weight bags uh, uh. on one of the one of the sandbag carries so you had to uh do the last sandbag carry at like 13 and a half miles with a men's bag. Sounds like you got what you asked for. <laughs> no, I didn't ask for it at all. <laughs> I, I, I was very upset when I saw the 14 mile marker of the, I was like, this is not a half marathon. <laughs> I feel like, I feel lied to. It was a, it was a rough race for me for sure. <laughs> well, it's been a pretty good lot. It's been a while since you've done a beast distance though, right? It's been a while since I've done a race, yeah, over like, you know, High Rocks is about an hour and hour and 10 minutes. So that's about like been the extent of my endurance. So the Abu Dhabi one took me four hours. Oh, wow. It was so terrible. I was cramping up like my, I was trying to go up the sand dunes and I'd have to lay there for like five minutes trying to rub my quads out so that I could wow. just take another step. It was just. It was a rough race. I haven't watched the live, or not the live feed, but the the video footage that they've done yet. It's on my to do list. But yeah, yeah it looked it crazy. I actually ran age group because I didn't. Um, 
I didn't run any qualifying races. I guess I know you used to, you could just run any Spartan race and qualify for, uh, for worlds. But I guess it's not like that anymore. Like, I think you just needed like a top five finish at any race. Um, and you would qualify for world championships. But now I think you have to do like a series race or North American championships in place at a certain level. And I just didn't run any of those races this year. Actually, I only did one Spartan when I saw you in Palm Beach. Well, see now, Spartan I did all year. I was thinking the same thing too because did did because did Faye ran? Faye Stenham was there, and I don't think she ran any national series races this year, or did she? Maybe she I, ran. Maybe I she wanted, ran Utah. I thought I she remember. ran Tahoe, or maybe she ran Jacksonville. I don't, oh, I don't know. You might be right. She may have run Tahoe. I can't remember. I feel like she did run Tahoe to like get ready. For no, she did Dobby. Big Bear. She did Big Bear. That's what she did. Okay, That's I was what, like, you're I'm right. I'm pretty sure she ran one of them, but I'm not sure like which one. Because um, I think you needed like a top ten with roll down or something like right. that. So basically, if I would have just ran, you know, one of the last ones, everybody qualifies. Right. So you <laughs> you you ran in like college. What? You ran in college, so what did you go to college for? <clears throat> uh, I majored in physical education. Um, so then I quickly realized that I don't like children, <laughs> which which then you're around them a lot, <laughs> so that was kind of a problem. <laughs> and uh, so then I I started training uh, to like make money through college, and I was like, oh, this is like pretty cool. So after I finished my degree. I was just like, well, maybe I'll just stick with this. Um, so I've been training now for about 10 years. Oh, wow. So how did you find out that you didn't like children? Being around them, listening to them, <laughs> smelling them. It <laughs> is like loud and uh, I don't know. I just don't like them. I don't think I really liked them before, but then being around them for like seven to eight hours a day was like, like the nail in the coffin. Like you were going to have to... This is going to be like an everyday thing. Because kids, I guess, aren't as bad. Like, if if you're only around them for, like, I don't know, like an hour or something. Right. Then when you when you have to, like, be around them all day and be, like, disciplinaries and, you know, you don't get a lot of support from the school. The school system is just kind of like, I don't know. I didn't feel like there was a lot of support for the teachers and um, you know, peas like basically the only time that the kids would like get to move out of their desks, so right. they're just like wild, wild and don't want to listen and run around. And I was just like too much chaos. So how long you did you do that anymore? Like, like there was like things like when I was in school, like you could play dodgeball. Right. Like, I, they, like there's so many rules now. Like you can't do any elimination sports. You can't do Lame. any sports that use kids as targets. Like I mean, I understand. Lame. I guess like you don't want to like single kids out or make kids feel bad about themselves but at the same time like i think it's just you know i liked those games as a kid but they're like big no-nos now yeah how, how are you even a kid if you've never took a dodgeball to the face i know i mean it's, i think it builds character you know we're building a generation of like soft kids that never played dodgeball i 100 percent agree with you so how long did you did you teach physical education in school before you decided this ain't for me? Oh, I never actually taught. I did the the student teaching was more than enough for oh. me. So like but I was already so far into my degree that, you know, like 
what are you going to do now? I'm in my right. last semester, and now I realize that, oh, I really don't like this. So You're basically, like, I just finished up so that I would have a degree. Were you um, like, fuck, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I know. But I was like, well, I'm going to be in a related field anyways. You know, I've already spent like a couple $10,000 on this degree. I might as well finish it. Right. Well, it so, seems like it's working out for you. I got a really cool piece of paper hanging on my wall. Hell yeah. For like 20 grand or whatever, however much it costs me. Yeah. So when anybody ever questions your judgment, say, look at this. Look, I, I graduated. Now do some more push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do some push-ups. <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, training was just like a better fit for me. Right. Just because, you know, if somebody doesn't listen to me or steps out of line, I'll just kick them out. There you go. Say, you can't like, do I know that with kids. You gotta... Coddle them. You gotta, you gotta coddle them. And you just, I mean, you can't discipline them, but then you can't, like, I don't know, I don't know how, like, teachers deal with it now because when i was a kid like they still like paddled you and stuff yeah i remember those days (laughs) like you don't you don't step out of line or you'll get like paddled or go to the principal's office like you know i I don't know i just think it's a lot different than it was when i was when i was in school or like you were in school yeah so i don't even know how to i would punish a kid yeah or like you can you just you verbal dis- discipline them but in a soft way yeah well they say well they try to like really um like in school they try to tell you like positive reinforcement is like better i mean i guess i'm like if, if the research shows that then that's i mean i would follow the research but i i mean i as a kid i feel like being punished was far more incentivizing than being rewarded. <laughs> right. I didn't want to be punished. So, I, I mean, but that was just me. So maybe maybe positive reinforcement works better for kids. So, right. But. So uh, it's easier, it's easier to just train adults and just real. you can, you know, you can be hard on them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> definitely there's like a, I'm definitely not like a drill sergeant trainer, like you know, like Jillian Michael style, but like, right, you know, I don't like they're adults, like so they're gonna do what they're gonna do. I don't have to like coddle them. <laughs> you know, I can tell them what to do, and if they don't do it, then I mean that's on them, right? Like, but kids, there's definitely a lot more like responsibility as far as like just like their behaviors and stuff. Right, absolutely. That's why I don't have kids. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> I, I'm try, I'm like leading the movement. Like I'm I'm telling people people don't need kids. I guess we do need people to reproduce, but yeah. it won't be me. My girlfriend has kids, so. Oh, okay. So. So. I mean, you get them by proxy, I guess. There you go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some kids, I guess, are okay. Small doses, but I guess if they're yours, they never go away. That's right. <laughs> So, so Tara, you know, I was looking through your athletes and, you know, I noticed you've got a bunch of races from like way back in the day and you were hitting some good podiums and stuff too. But what was your actual like first Spartan race? So my first Spartan race was the Carolina Beast in 2012, 13, right. 12 or 13. I can't remember. It was at the, uh, 
the uh, motocross part. I know it was there like several years, but Winsboro, it's crazy. Was it Winsboro? Yeah. Yeah. Like when I used to go to those races, like back in 13, 14, 15, those heats were so packed. Mm -hmm. Like I remember like maybe it was 16. I couldn't even get into the Carolina bees because it was, it was legitimately sold out. Like, like you go into a race now, it's just like such a different experience. Um, it is like, I don't know how that, I don't know if that's just for the elite field or, um, if it's also for open, like the sport is just kind of like hit its peak and it's kind of like leveled off a lot. Well, what's Um, happened is, is, you know, Back in the day, you know, like you said, 2015, 2016, you only had that one competitive heat, and it was elite. You either run elite or you ran open, and they had that competitive wave, which was pretty much like an early start time, you know. But So, yeah, like those heats sold out because now you have these age group waves, and they do like, what, four extra waves behind the elite? So... You might as well say that that elite wave is now spread across five waves and, you know, they're age group waves, essentially. People have backed out of elite and gone to age group because they've realized, you know, that, you know, I've get, I'll get better reward for running age group because I'm never going to place an elite. And it's, and in the women's division, especially, you know, that's watered down, like, you know, drastically, you know. Oh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I wish that, um, the field would have stayed, like, a lot more competitive. I mean, I remember where there was, like, races where, like, it was, like, if you were top ten, like, it was, like, saying something, like, you know, there there was, like, that kind of depth in a race, um, but now, I mean, it's just, like, Lucky if there is 10. Show show up and get a podium. And it's the men's waves are getting like that too, you know, where there might, there'll be less than 30 men in a wave at a lot of races in the elites. Yeah, I feel like though there's at least like, there's at least probably two or three good guys in there. Oh yeah. You know, like there's just so much more depth on the men's side that I, I guess I just don't think that a, a, a win in the a men a men's race is ever just kind of like a nobody was there. Yeah. You know, I I very rarely see many races for the men with people on the podium that I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm pretty I follow the sport, but like, you know, it's it's rare that you see people up there that you're like, who is that guy? Oh yeah, like, I agree with you. That win. Um, you know, we got to bring it back, and it, I, it, we need to do find out a way to do it like Savage does, you know, and, you know, make it co-ed, and do a, a, you compete for the first wave time, and then they stagger the waves, and all the awards are in the same thing. I mean, there's got, and do it like a modern-day marathon does, you know. That's all a competitive wave. You just got the faster runners are up front. And, I mean, that's we've got to figure out a way to do that in order to kind of well, I mean, I bring the competition not, back to the so elite wave. people, like, like, you could, in a normal race, you could combine elite and age group, and I don't think there's more than 300 people. Like, Oh, yeah. 
some of them so, you're probably I mean, right. It's not like logistically impossible to do that. It's just I don't like I don't know why they keep it divided. I know at one point in Spartan they they um they had the elite wave, and then they gave out age group awards within the elite wave. Like I yeah. I remember I think it was Carolina one year I was I didn't podium but I was like first in my age group in the elite wave and like you used to get like age group winner shirts. Yeah. That was like a special race or something, Um, I think. Right. But so like they used to do kind of something like that. And then I think the sport kind of got like, kind of like, yeah, the the heats were selling out. So let's like divide everybody up and like have like more of an elite wave and then age group. But I just think that, I mean, obviously COVID didn't help. Right. I don't know, like, how their numbers are going to be as far as, like, I mean, they pretty much monopolize. Um, I mean, it's, it's like, them and Savage now that they've bought Tough Mudder. Yeah. Um, so. And then they had uh, that. Be interesting to see. I think that a lot of people are, like, leaning more towards, like, going more towards Savage just because, like, the innovation of uh, yeah. their obstacles. And, um, but I think there's some people too, like, I like to know like exactly what I'm going to do. I don't mind if the stuff is the same. Right. Um, me neither. So I'm sure you'll have people that are like me and will lean more towards Spartan for that. But I think a lot of people are kind of getting bored with their, their lack of innovation. Yeah. Especially so, like pipe layer and helix. Yeah. Those are kind of lame. Absolutely. Yeah. But and I, I get what they were going for. Like, you know. They don't, I don't think they necessarily make, they don't make the race for the elite racers. They make the race for the open racers. To make money. Like, so being able, I mean, when they make, when Savage Race, like you, you have all these obstacles that like normal people can't do. I mean, if you go to a Savage Race, like, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a good, it's pretty good when like seven or eight women can finish with their band and even men lose their band in the elite heat. Absolutely. So, like, if you think about, like, normal people, Savage probably has, like, eight or nine obstacles that they, like, normal people just can't do. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, really defeat. I mean, I've, I've never finished a Savage race with my band, and nothing feels worse, and there's no penalty. So, Savage, you almost feel like you don't finish the race. Like, you might, like, finish, and you get, like, your finisher medal, but, like, you, you don't finish the race because there was no penalty, so you basically just skip the obstacle, like, and I don't know, it has like a different, for me, it's not as, it doesn't feel as like rewarding when you don't finish, actually finish the race right. the way it's intended. So like Spartan, if I miss the sphere and I have to do 30 burpees, I feel like, you know, well, I did the penalty. So I've, you know, right. I don't know. So maybe no, I, I think it's, it's like for people who are like, I don't think savages is appealing for people too, that are in open because they feel like they can't do as much of the stuff. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. And, you know, and I know there was talk, too, uh, uh, just going back a little bit, is they said that, you know, they were even talking about it in when they were doing some of the, the video recordings, you know, when the women would catch up to the elite men, like in the first wave, and then that next year they started that elite qualification. So, and not to mention that the season pass in previous years – if you bought the elite season pass, it was like $150 more than the age group pass. So it's like they were trying to make the elite heat smaller. 
Yeah. And, well, and they got exactly what they wished. Pay for your elite code. Yeah. Like, I mean, and it's, just, and it's just really expensive. Like, by the time you, I didn't buy a season pass, but by the time it was all said and done, you're spending like $1,400 on a season pass. And then every race you race is like $22 fee. Yep. So, I mean, it's just, it gets really expensive. So then you price a lot of people out. Because yeah. um, even when you go to a race, that's my, like, I really enjoy DecaFit, but it's hard for me to, like, rationalize a trip. Like, I went to New Jersey, and even when I placed first, you know, like, I, I don't even cover half the trip. Like, between a plane ticket, three nights in a hotel, like yeah. a rental car, like, you end up spending, like, $1,000. Right. Even, so, that's why, like, I think that Spartan and, like, needs to go towards more like regional like because people i think they would be more successful if like because most people are going to go to races that they can drive to yeah so if they had more of like a regional series and like regional qualifiers um so i don't know if that's what they'll go to or not but then you compete in your region kind of like crossfit right um but because that was another thing like the the series races were all really far for me. I guess the closest one would have been Jacksonville, and that's like still, you know, like an eight nine hour drive. Yeah. Which, you know. Yeah, it's so expensive. It's quite sport. a long ways. Yeah, it's an expensive sport. It absolutely is. And speaking of expensive races, tell us about how the race went in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> well, uh, because I was on the Spartan Games, like they they like help the athletes out getting there. Oh, cool. or I guess I was technically like an influencer. Awesome. Uh, athlete. Such I'm an like, influencer. I'm an influencer now. Maybe I'll get some more <laughs> followers. Uh, <laughs> um, so they like helped us get out there and like, um, they had like tents and stuff set up. So it made it a lot more affordable. Otherwise there'd definitely be no way I would be able to like fly to Abu Dhabi and so how like like where did you fly out of like Charlotte? Like how long was that flight? Like tell us about the whole trip. So we had to fly at like part of the deal was like you had to go to certain like there was only certain airports you could fly out of. So I actually had to drive to DC, um, which is like six hours from me. Yeah. Um. So the flight from DC to Doha, which is in Qatar, is was like um 13 hours oh and then God. like another hour to abu dhabi so and then even longer coming back so it was a uh, on the way back it was 33 hours door to door wow so what did you so, feel like after a 13 hour flight uh it was i slept some but it wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be like 13 hours is a very long time on a plane for real but you get off and it's like night, so then you go just go straight to straight to bed, and then you wake up, and then uh, my roommate actually went with me, and uh, I uh, stayed with a girl that I know in Dubai uh, for four days, oh, and cool. then then we went to the race. So it was a super cool experience. It was like a super clean New York, like very futuristic, very like modern. Yeah. Um. You know, lots of, uh, like, diversity. Not not people who live there. It was, like, super, 
you know, you feel like you're in America, like very, um, felt like home almost. Just a lot of tourists and, uh, there and stuff. Abu Dhabi mean? was a little bit more, uh, traditional. I mean, I, I would not really call them conservative, but definitely more conservative than Dubai. Right. Like you could still walk around in like shorts and t-shirt and people wouldn't like look at you weird or anything. Cause you know, I thought like a lot of the places I would have to like, you know, wear pants and which I'm glad I didn't because it was very hot there. Right. There, I had talked to some of the people, they were saying how, Oh, it's winter here. It's like so cold. People wearing sweatshirts and stuff. I'm like, it's 85 degrees. <laughs> Are you talking out of your mind? I'm like, I'm like dying. I'm like sweating everywhere we're walking and dying out in the desert. Um, but to them, I guess it's, it's cold. So I guess compared to 120 degrees at 80 is, is chilly. Did those tents that they had like at the race, did they have like, they didn't have any AC or nothing, did they? They didn't, but it was pretty cool at night. Right. The only problem was there was, um, I guess it was the UAE's, um, not Independence Day, like like founding day, I guess. Like um, it's like their UAE's birthday or something like that. Yeah, fiftieth anniversary. So everybody was off work. So I don't I don't know like what was going on, but they loved to ride ATVs out there, and literally all night till five a.m. These people were revving their ATVs. <laughs> all you hear is like like all that like yeah. up, up and down the dunes. Like somebody gets stuck, and all you'd hear is this freaking revving, like. I, I feel bad for the people who, like, stayed out there four nights. I only stayed one night. I was like, I cannot do this. Wow. This is – and you, you're sleeping on a – I'm, like, very – I'm very in tune with my Americanism. Like, right. I need a real shower. I need a real bed. Thank you. Pillows, quiet, AC. Like, you know, I need the modern things in life. I can't be staying out here in a tent. That's me. <laughs> and, you know, and they said that was, like, glamping. To me, glamping is, like, when you have, like, an RV, you know, not a tent that's got a sand floor, you know what I mean? Now, I've seen <laughs> some really nice, like, like yurt style, like, that have wooden floors. Oh, that, wow. Like, would I guess be considered, like, glamping, too? Yeah. But a lot, of the, a lot of the times those don't have showers. I need a shower. Right. Like, I'm going to be running for four hours. I, in need, the sand. I need a shower. <laughs> like, I could only imagine, like, I guess they did have, like, some facilities, like, uh, mobile facilities that had, like, showers. Oh, yeah. You know, curtains. Uh, like, you know, it's just very, it's very bizarre to me. So, uh, I guess. Some of the places I went had no toilets, which was interesting, just, like, Hole in the ground, um, no toilet paper. What? Kind of, like, yeah, they just used the bidets over there. No way. Well, what I did they have understand. like for facilities I, I, at the race? It's such a staple in life to have toilet paper. I, I, I can't even imagine life without it. So what did they have at the race for a bathroom, like at the venue? The, they had like mobile, like, um, like have you ever seen at like a rest stop if like their like stuff is closed they have like these mobile looking trailers yeah 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 with like toilets in them yeah that's they they had that and then they had um, oh good deal they had some like standing facilities with bathrooms as well right and all had toilets so that was good I was happy about that so there wasn't like your traditional like rinse off station because there I'm sure there was no pond to suck water from for you to spray off. Oh, yeah, no rinse station, but the sand was actually really neat. Like, um, I guess I'm used to, the, like, the sand here in North Carolina that just sticks to sticks you. To like, you. 
you you just like look at it and it's like all over you. Right. But the sand was like maybe because it was so fine, it just like fell off of you. No I was worry. worried about like chafing and stuff like that. But I mean, the sand was just like, and you didn't sweat because it was so dry there, or you did sweat, but you didn't feel like you were sweating. Huh. Maybe uh, that's why the sand so didn't stick to you because it wasn't a lot of moisture. Incredibly dehydrated. It wasn't. It was a pretty enjoyable race. Definitely a very different kind of experience running through those sand dunes and running down them was awesome like running up them not so much but right. so, walking up them did you wear a watch like what kind of elevation did you get during the race um i got like 2500 feet oh that's um, not too bad so i mean it was pretty hilly like i mean i swear there was like a it reminded me of like maybe a salt flat um area that was in the race but maybe only like a mile of total running on on that kind of surface yeah um that they had like a lot of the obstacles like the tyrolene transverse the bucket carry um and some of the other obstacles i guess it'd be hard to put like an obstacle in soft sand um but yeah i i was watching the women's elite the day before and they started in the afternoon, so a lot of them are finishing at night. Um, and it was so sad, like, people who had failed the rig, you had to run up this dune. Like, huh. apparently it's, like, one of the tallest dunes in the world. Oh, God. It's almost, like, a 1,000 feet um, high. Wow. So, so it's really high. It's, like, 900 and some feet. So if you failed the um, rig, you had to run up probably, like, a third of the dune, up the dune, and then back down the dune. Damn. I felt so bad because uh, Emma Cook Clark. Yeah, was she was up front. Third, I think. Yeah. Yeah, she was in third and she failed the rig. And while she was doing the penalty loop, the, the Russian girl passed her. Man, um, that had ended to up suck. Getting fourth. Well, that was like, like a long rig, too, wasn't it? Wasn't it like Monkey Twist or Monkey or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I thought that the multi rig was harder because they had those really big fat ropes. Right. I don't like those personally, but yeah, those um, started showing up this year. I want to say West Virginia was the first race we saw, Matt. Saw what? Those big black ropes. Oh, the fat ones. Yeah, yeah. they were and in Carolina. Two, they didn't have the. You know how I saw in the video from uh, Florida this past weekend. At the top of them, they kind of have like an eye hook yeah. that you could put your hand almost into the hole if you wanted to. Yeah, they they didn't have that in the because I would have tried to do that. Right. I've seen people do that before, but they were just like really fat ropes. I was like, mm. yeah. I can only imagine when they're wet because they're like uh, wrapped at the bottom, so they're probably like super slick. Yeah, and, and it's kind of isn't it like a, it's kind of like a synthetic rope too, so it's seems like it'd be really slippery when it's wet for sure yeah well that's the only obstacle i failed i was very proud of myself i was like man it's been a it's it's been a hot minute since i've done an obstacle race so 30 burpees is not so bad yeah because those spear targets actually look smaller than you know the american oh, target definitely so. smaller and they and were pretty far far away um so a lot of people a lot fail of it elite women that did burpees there yeah um I actually don't know. I, I saw a lot of videos of people missing it. I don't know actually how many people even made it. I bet it was fun doing burpees in the sand. 
Well, no, not really. <laughs> it's never fun doing burpees. Yeah, ever, ever fun. Man. Especially in a race. But, you know, back to you saying there was 2,500 feet of elevation, that's not a lot of elevation for a, a beast race. But when you think about it, that's 2,500 feet of climbing up sand. And, oh, yeah. yeah, I imagine that's, Every that's pretty rough. Every time you step in the sand, like, you backslide, like, half a foot or so. Half, half a foot. I don't know if you saw the video of where they had, like, the rope on the side of the dune. Yeah, that looked like, yeah, that looked that, miserable was terrible like that was at like mile 10 you get to the mile 10 marker and like halfway up the hill and that's where i first started cramping and i was like i almost asked somebody for water but i was like no don't do that like it's covid like people might feel weird and you don't want to like ask somebody like yeah i don't know because if i didn't want to give somebody water and they asked me for it i feel like i'd have to give it to them right I was like, well, if I'm not dying, dying, then I'm not going to ask anybody <laughs> for water. So I, I didn't. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just got really behind on my hydration. I think a lot of people did, too, because it was, it was cool. Like, they, well, cool. They had, like, this whole almost, like, hospital on site. They had this big tent that had, like, eight hospital beds. People wow. were, like, hooked up to IVs. No like, shit. they had a full medical staff in there, like, doctors. I was like, dang, man. Damn. They're ready. We're lucky if we get a couple of EMTs over here, you know. I know. I was, like, thinking about telling them, yeah, I'm real dehydrated. Can I get one of them IVs? Yeah, hook me up. But I don't know. I feel weird <laughs> about being in the middle of the desert, somebody sticking a needle in my arm. Right. So what were the aid stations like during the race? Was it just water? Was there enough of them? Uh, so there was a lot of water stations. There was 11. But you would think that that would be enough, and it wasn't enough. You'd... you'd You'd get, like, the water, and you'd be like, oh, man, this is awesome. And then literally, like, five minutes later, you're like, God, I'm thirsty again. Right. Um, but they lied. They said that there was going to be, like, electrolytes and nutrition out on the course. Ooh. There was none of that. Just water. Did you take any gels with you or anything like that? Any uh, nutrition? Only two. I was not Ooh. prepared at all. I was like, normally, if I was going to do a race that was that long, I also thought the race was probably only going to – I figured I'd be about an hour behind Lindsay. So I was like, oh, okay, if she did 235, I'll probably do 335. So maybe two gels will be enough. <laughs> it was not enough. It was, I, I didn't, I really underestimated. Like, plus the race was at 1030. So it was kind of like a weird time. So you get up and you eat. And I had like two pieces of bread. And I was like at eight o'clock. And by the time, we started racing. I'm like, man, or by the time we finished, it's like almost three o'clock. And I'm like, man, I've had like 500 calories and I've ran like 14 miles in the sand. Oh, wow. I'm surprised I'm still alive. Well, you still do. You still did good though, right? Didn't you like podium in the age group? Yeah, I was second overall age group. Oh, wow. All age groups. I actually led for 13 and a half miles and got passed on the last hill. Oh, wow. Uh, Cause I mean, when I started cramping, I was just, like, at mile 10, I slowed down a ton. Like, I think at the, I think there was, like, a timing mat, like, somewhere around, like, the seven or eight mile marker. Yeah. And, like, I was, like, looking at it because I had, like, like, 11 or 12 minutes on the girl that ended up beating me. So, like, I had a pretty sizable lead. Like, I just cramped so bad. And, like, you know, when you cramp, you just, there's nothing you can do. Right. 
Mm. So wait for your legs to stop cramping so you can keep moving again. Um, so, but it is what it is. Mm. I'm like, it was, it was kind of cool to be like, cause you know, if I would have ran elite, I would have been like maybe top 30, like to sound like super rewarding for me. So it was kind of cool to like stand on the podium, like get to do the whole flag thing. Hell yeah. That's, that that's a big really deal. Neat. That's cool. Um, yeah. So what was the but food I, like over there? I think that? they're going to do it there next year, too. Oh, I heard rumor of it. Would you go back? Which, they going to pay for it? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, it's an expensive trip. I, it, yeah. I mean, it really wasn't that expensive over there. Like, I I ended up paying for, like, two nights in a hotel because um, I stayed with my friend, and then we stayed one night in the uh, tent. Yeah. And like you could stay in like a five star, like super nice hotel in Abu Dhabi for like 80 bucks. Oh, cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I know. Compared to like when I went to New Jersey to stay with somewhere not with not roaches, it was like $200. Right. Where'd you stay at? What the Ramada and Rockaway, was it? Oh my God. So, <laughs> dang it. I can't even remember the name of this hotel, though. Oh, the Riviera Hotel. So I went into the Sounds hotel fancy. and it smelled so bad. I was like, it's like one in the morning. Like, I'll just get another hotel like tomorrow. You know, you walk in, it's like says price by the hour. Like it was one of those kind of hotels. Nice. Um, so then I get my key and I go up to my room and like, I thought the lobby smelled bad. I get off the elevator and it's like, like you almost throw up like with the, with the smell and the heat, it was hot. And it was just bad. And I was like, oh, my God. Just to get, to get to my room. I <laughs> opened up the room, and I I kid you not, there was like 10 cockroaches that just scattered all over the room. Oh, like, no. Oh, no, I can't do it. That's I just rough. can't do it. I just like was like, I'd be sleeping, and freaking cockroaches be crawling all over me. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. So I went down, and I gave them my key, and I was like, I, 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 I can't stay here. And they, they gave me a – they did give me a refund. And then I went to another hotel, like a courtyard that I knew, like, I was like, all right, courtyards are fine. We'll be all right at the courtyard. And, um, the la- I was telling the lady at the front desk, my story, she was like, girl, you weren't at the Riviera hotel. You were, I was like, girl, I was at the Riviera hotel. So bad. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. I was like, I was like, the, I was like, I blame people that write these reviews. Cause it was like, people were like, oh yeah, like it's, it's fine. It wasn't like the best hotel, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah. Like, I know Those it's suck it's liars. hard to trust the reviews. It really is because you'll see one that'll be the worst review in the world, and the next one's like, "Yeah, this place was great." <laughs> I'm like, it got like a. I mean, it wasn't like outstanding, but I think it got like a three point eight. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to stay somewhere that's like two stars or anything. Right. But I'm like, I don't know why New Jersey's so expensive, but it was, and I was like, because that hotel was like a hundred bucks a night. Wow. I was like. I mean, it can't be that bad if it's $100, right? That's what was, you would it think. Was that, it was that bad. It was See, really I think bad. the way you do, if I'm paying $100 a night, it should be nice. Exactly. But you go I mean, to some cities, that's 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 not a lot of money for a hotel room in some cities. So. Apparently not New Jersey. Yeah. But yeah. I learned my lesson. No, uh, no more no-name hotels for me. Yeah, I usually spit, stick with a chain hotel normally, so... Yeah, you might not get something like amazing, but you at least you know what you're going to get. Right. So what was the food like in Abu Dhabi? Was it pretty normal or was it like kind of wild? Um, so 
we didn't really have a lot of traditional like Arabic food. We went to a me and my roommate went to like a camel riding tour, and they had like an Arabic barbecue. Cool. Um, but it was kind of like Mediterranean-y, like kebabs, right? Style rice. Was it good? Um, yeah, it was good. Um, that's probably the only like I guess traditional food that we had there. But they had like tons of restaurants. Like I said, it was like New York, so like anything you want, they have like anything anything you could possibly want, and all the restaurants are really clean like dubai was like ultra clean that's what i've heard yeah clean too. yeah so i like that I'm, the, I'm really a fan of like clean stuff so after the cockroach uh, ho- infested hotel <laughs> yeah no roach infested hotels i don't i, I'm, I don't get down with that yeah. i've stayed at some pretty bad ones but i don't get down with the the cockroaches right all right, so tell us about being on the Spartan Games this year. I mean, I know you can't, like, tell us a lot of stuff, but you can still tell us a little bit, though, right? I can tell you anything except who wins. Well, we already know you win, Tara, so... Oh, yeah, obviously. Obviously. So, tell I us be, about, like... all the boys, too. Yeah, yeah, all you did. Them. All of them. <laughs> Atkins got nothing on me. Hell, yeah. You beat him in wrestling, too. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so the Spartan Games was, it was um, tough in that I'm super glad that it wasn't like the same events as it was last year, because last year I think they just like murdered everybody. Yeah, it was like an ultra Um, event last year, I feel. Yeah, so it was definitely not like that. I mean, I'm sure you saw some of the events, Um, but it definitely wasn't like that this year. Yeah. I was having a lot of problems with nutrition. I'm not sure, like, if it was um, the altitude, but I swear, like, I was lucky if I could get, like, 800 to 1,000 calories in a day, like, oh, wow. in all spring energy gels and Starburst. Oh, like, shit. I was, like, really, like, nauseous the whole time I was there, and, um, and, and I couldn't sleep, so I was getting no sleep, no food. Um, I... I, I don't know, like, what was going on with that, but... I think it was nerves a little bit, too? Maybe? See, I don't think I was really nervous. I, uh, you know, I'm, I was, like, competing against, like, these legends, so I was, like, I had, like, no pressure. I was just, like, whatever, you know. Right. I'm just happy to be there. Right. So, I mean, I didn't feel really any pressure at all because I was, like, well, I'm just happy to be invited, so whatever happens, happens. I'm going to compete, but, like, you know... It was just a really cool experience. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what was going on because usually I can I can eat, and that's not an issue, but I was having a lot of issues with uh, the nutrition there. Right. So y'all had, like, a DECA-heavy event. Y'all did a swim. There was, like, an obstacle course. Uh, like, wasn't it like a half, a marathon, half marathon run? Mountain bike. Like the first two miles of it, you wore, like, a tactical vest. Right. We had the tactical games event. Yeah, wrestling. We had um, the medicine ball over shoulder event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the right. Mountain bike. Uh, the wrestling. Least favorite event was wrestling. Did you kick everybody's ass in it? I know you did. I don't know if you've seen the videos, but Chris <laughs> freaking grabs me by the neck and slams me on the ground like a rag doll. <clears throat> well, that was like. Was, was it okay for her to do that? She's fast. She's a quick, quick little thing. 
I know that we uh, we had to pull names out of a hat to to get our matchup, and secretly I was like, me and me and Chris are are friends, and I right. was like secretly like, yes, I got like one of the skinny people because <laughs> two, three of the girl like Corinna's pretty like muscular, yeah, like, she's pretty she's broad, like, she's beasty, like and the the Meg girl, she's like jacked, yeah, and then there was another girl. Um, there that she was like power lifter and uh she was also just like super jacked like i don't know her like totals like 800 pounds or something like deadlift squat bench like yeah i was like all right let me not get one of those people yeah you just so didn't I, want to get hurt I, went to her and I was like <laughs> oh okay like you know chris is skinny she can't hurt me my neck was like messed up for like <laughs> weeks like so come to find out, I didn't, I didn't know this before, but Chris had like went and taken like these MMA classes before the show. Oh, and I was like, that scoundrel. She, <laughs> she had the upper hand. <laughs> she did have the upper hand. Mm. And I was like, Oh, well then you should have got but, up and been like, bitch, if I could hold down a cheeseburger right now, this would have been no contest. <laughs> exactly. If we would have had like a, a cake eating contest, I'd have been, I'd have been on top, no. top of this game. I heard that. Why don't they ever have like an eating contest in the Spartan games? They've done everything else. They could do like a Krispy Kreme challenge. Oh shit! Now we're talking. I wish they would have done a beer mile because I would have kicked everybody's ass. <laughs> so you're saying you're a good drinker? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not a great drinker, but I'm <laughs> I'm pretty good at like not throwing up, and um, I can drink really fast. There you go. And I don't, I, I get drunk pretty easily, but like the mile is so short that it doesn't, it doesn't get to me in time. Right. So I don't think I can, Joe I would ever go for down, that. And by the time that I'm done, it'd probably take me another 15, 20 minutes to actually feel the effects of being drunk. Then it'd be all over. But the altitude was kind of rough too. I wasn't, I'm not, I'm at sea level. So yeah, being up I'm sure that was probably the worst was part. Kinda, kind of tough for me that probably is what was messing with you wanting to eat too like with you know i think so like i got really um i also get car sick yeah so like we we had a couple events where we drove uh drove to the site and like we had to drive up this mountain to, to even get to the venue and like i don't know i was just like nauseous like the whole time i mean it's and it sucks in in a way, it's kind of like having world championships at Tahoe every year. You know, the people that live at elevation, they're going to have an advantage. You know what I mean? I know. Why can't they have a world championship in like Florida? Right. Yeah. Like at least once. Like, come on, they always have it on a mountain. Like, I think uh, people are so tied up in the idea. Like, if a course is flat, then it's easy. I'm like, no, you just got to run faster. Like, so. I think that, like, the idea of suffering is, like, tied into, like, the idea of Spartan. So people think, like, if it's uh, flatter or if it's shorter that people are like, oh, it's, like, watered down. I'm like, no, you just got to run faster. Yeah. You think it's easy to run a 13-minute 5K? Hell no. No. Like, it hurts a lot. Like, the, like these people are, like, super world-class athletes. Um, but it doesn't make the event any easier. Then you just got to, like, do it faster. That's right. So it, Spartan definitely doesn't cater towards um, like flatland runners. No. Most normal. of their races are. You have to be, and that's kind of the reason too. I'm like, 
getting out as far in. Like, I have some, like, foot issues that <clears throat> I'm not great on the trail anyways. And, like, my foot just doesn't like all that. If I'm running on an actual trail, it's fine. But, the you know, it's, and it's never an actual trail. It's like you're running through brush and yeah, rocks, rocks and shit you can't see rivers and like like not like a traditional because i i grew up doing cross country and stuff too so i'm used to like a traditional trail yeah one a a trail that wasn't made in like a day or two (laughs) yeah it's like they throw it's like they take a piece of paper and they throw it up in the air in the woods and then they just like course mark wherever the paper goes yeah it's like, but I mean, some people like that, you know, if you're a good technical like runner, like I know, like it's, it was always frustrating to me, like looking at people beat me on the trail that I know that I could smoke them on the road. I'm like, how are these people like smoking me when I know that I'm faster, but I just can't, I can't run on a trail. Like yeah, you have some people that they get on the, the trail and it's like, they don't run much slower on the trail than they do on the road so right. they're they transition really well and that definitely ain't me so out of all of the spartan games which event did you like the most you know i thought i would like the deck of heavy the most um but it wasn't really it wasn't really deck of heavy it was more just like 10 workout stations I mean, I guess you had, like, the skier, the rower, and the bike, but right. everything else, it was, like, deadlift, and, I mean, I guess it would have been fine if it, the sled was awful. Like, the the ground was, like, I don't know, lumpy, and the sled would get stuck. Like, it was, like, I don't know if you've ever done a high rocks. No, but, like, the sleds are really heavy. Yeah, this I, I know the like story. This was, like, ten times worse than high rocks, because you get your groove going, and then you hit, like, a lump in the in the grass or something and then you just like stop yourself you have to wiggle the sled around and then like start pushing again so that was that was not my favorite probably the half marathon to be honest like i uh it was a great course steve hammond like put together like an awesome course it was like very very runnable like smooth you're like on the top of the mountain it's like really pretty um so the course is just really nice um so, yeah, that was probably my favorite. The mountain bike was a lot of fun. You started at the top, and then um, you had this awesome, like, four-mile descent uh, just down these, like, long, like, fire roads that had, like, these big berms, and that was really fun. That's cool. So, y'all hung out, like, that whole week. Like, some crazy shit had to happen. What was probably, like, the craziest thing that happened all week? Uh, I don't. I don't really think anything crazy happened. I mean, or funny or anything. I mean, I expected. Uh, so you know how like Hunter puts on like this whole like persona, like yeah. on on like media and stuff. I really expected him to be a lot more. Like he's definitely a character. He was a lot more like calm than I thought he would be. I expected him to just be like this, like like jackass style like johnny knoxville all the time doing stupid crap like the whole time (laughs) but he was 
fairly normal from what you see on like uh, social media. Hmm. So if there was going to be drama, I feel like because you know, like last year they had like uh, Aaron Newell threw the bucket right. at him and he like punched him in the gut or whatever. Yeah, it was like big drama fest. Um, there wasn't really any of that this year. Like that, it was a pretty clean competition. Everybody got along really well. Like. Um, well, cool. I really wish that there was some kind of like <laughs> drama, some kind of drama. Not that it would involve me, you know. I like to watch the drama, but I'm not not too keen about being inside of the drama. Well, um, I, I must say, out of all the women there, your hair looked the coolest in a headband than anybody else's there. Oh yeah, for absolutely, huh. absolutely. Well, cool. I mean, you had like this 80s rock theme going on on one of those days. I can't remember which day it was, but they showed you, and I was like, Dadgum, that's Tara. Check out her hair. Huh. It looked oh, tough. I want to go back and look. It looked cool. I did get a haircut, right? But, you know, I had to be looking fresh for the Yeah. It was like all fluffy show. and poofed out. It looked tough. Okay. Well, at least I looked tough. Yeah, you look like a badass. That's cool. They did do a lot of cool, like, shots, like... Um, like with the vests and stuff, like they they had like professional photographers. And I will say the thing that was really cool is um, I've been on a couple different shows, and like this seemed seemed like a competition. Like it didn't seem really like um, a show, like hokey, right? Like I was on the Spartan team challenge. Right. And, you know, like a lot of the, I mean, it was a competition, but like a lot of the uh, interviews and stuff were like really hokey and they like try to tell you like say stuff and same thing with like Broken Skull Ranch. Like they're like, I'll never forget. They were like, I want you to say like, I'm a Spartan beast. I was like, I'm not saying that. It's (laughs) cheesy. I'm not freaking, because I think I, I was the only one that was like a Spartan on the uh, broken skull thing, right? And they were trying to like play that up. I was like, I'm not saying that. That's funny. Um, so it was definitely. I feel like it kept pretty true to like the competition. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so. Oh, my least favorite was actually probably the swim. It looked cold as shit. It, it looked like that y'all froze. Was awful. Like, I um, I've never been so miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and and I've, I've been in some, well, I don't know. I guess not as bad as Tough Mudder because it was over fast. Right. Like, I did World's Toughest Mudder twice, and I got hypothermia both times. And that was bad. That was just terrible. You did it in uh, New Jersey, right? No, I did it the first year it was in Vegas, the right. windstorm uh, year, that uh, a lot of people got hypothermia because they're like, it was the first year to come in from Jersey, they're like, oh, we don't need wetsuits, like, it's going to be warm in Vegas, uh, and it got down to, like, 29 degrees, and gross. they had 40 mile per hour winds, people were, like, losing their tents, like, uh, I think Jung Young Pak was there that year, and he dropped out, because he got hypothermia, Wow. Um, and then I did the freeze over year in Atlanta, yeah. I'm like, I just need to stop doing Tough Mudder, cause for everybody's sake. Because every time I do it, it's like the most insane, terrible weather. Yeah. This year it had good weather, so you must not have been there. <laughs> I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I just... 
I don't know if my endurance days are over or not, but they definitely are for a while. I was going to do the Boston Marathon in April, but I think I'm going to bow out of that. Um, It's just like not on my... I'm too worried about like it being close to Vegas, and then I can't I can't turn around like some of these guys. They're like, oh no! I think Megita did like uh, the New York Marathon, and then like three weeks later or something, ran like a personal best at High Rocks in Dallas. That's that's I'm like, wild. How? I like the the only marathon that I've done. I was literally hobbling around for like <laughs> five days. That would be me. I didn't want to do nothing. And then after about two weeks was when I started to feel kind of normal and was getting back into workouts and stuff. So I couldn't imagine doing like a, a competition like High Rocks three weeks post-marathon. Mm. So, Tara, I was looking at your athletes, and we've done a lot of the same races. And uh, do you remember doing that uh, the Atlanta Super? And it, was at, it wasn't nowhere close to Atlanta. It was like in Union City at that Durham Town off-road park. Was that in like fifteen? Uh, yes. Yeah, that was my first Spartan win. Was it? I remember, I remember fondly. Yes. Because was it? Because you went off early. I don't. I was. I ran open at that race, and I don't think I ran until like twelve o'clock. But it had rained, and to this day, that was the muddiest race I've ever ran. And I did the twenty nineteen Carolina Ultra. Yeah, it was. My, I remember people were falling off the Z wall because it's just so yeah. muddy. And um, it was funny because that race, I actually lost my car key. Oh man! And it was like the most exciting slash the most like sad day because I had just won, and then I couldn't find my car key, and I had to pay like three hundred dollars to get like a new electro because uh, I have like the. Uh, or whatever electronic key the chip key or whatever yeah the chip key or whatever so i was like very happy and then like very sad that's um so yeah but I, I lost it in the mud because somebody actually ended up finding it but yeah i do remember how muddy that race was it, it was, was insane because i remember running my shoes were just so caked it was like Running with, like, five-pound weights on your shoes. Yeah, it was like running down a dirt road that had been rained on for a week and cars have drove through it. I mean, you you didn't have a sense of direction when you were running because you were sliding the whole time. Yeah, it It, was an interesting race for sure. It was rough. It was rough. And I also noticed that... uh, uh, I think me and you did our first ultra at the same race, and that was New Jersey 2016. Yeah, the awful year, the the, the year that they made it like super long. And, yeah, well, that was yeah. the first ultra they did at Tri-State. Yeah, see, I'm telling you, anytime I do an ultra, it's like because the the next year it was like six miles shorter. Oh, like, was it? I didn't it do was, it the it next crazy. year. Like, I was like, man, why do I always? <laughs> get bad luck with these ultras yeah because i want to say to this day like i want to say that was the only race that i got like 32 miles out it was either new jersey that year or new jersey 2018 i got a 32 miles yeah it was a long long course i think i was out there almost 11 hours yeah i was out there like over 10 i know 
It was a long yeah. day. And my IT bands flared up so bad on the second lap. They were killing me the whole second lap. It was awful. I know that was the race where I ran. I met Mark uh, Montano, the, the uh, announcer guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I would have made it through like the last couple miles. We were like doing it together. And I was like, oh my God, just keep going, Tara. It's like such a slow, like going race like the old that that ultra was like soul i couldn't even imagine running i know uh i think it had like one of the highest dnf rates like like fifth highest dnf rate that yeah. race I, I met uh lance johnson there me and him started talking and he lives in alabama so we both have kind of a southern accent so i met him there and we we're still good friends to this day but uh yeah that was i remember finishing that race being super excited that i finished it and I told myself, I'm never doing another ultra again, and I've done a bunch since then. I'm bad at that. I'll say, I'm never doing this again, and then I sign up for it the next year. So That's what I told myself about World Toughest Matter. You should do that. Have you done that yet? I'm signed up for it uh, in 2022. Yeah. In Pensacola. It's the I'm, I'm hoping. Like, Tough Mudder is like, I, I've done like several of the, the toughest, the eight-hour ones. Yeah. It is such a cool experience because you're like, you're, I mean, racing Spartan, you're never like very social. Like, you know, you're out there to race and you're like, you're not chatting with people and stuff. Maybe I in the do. ultra you are, but. I do, like, but I'm not in podium contention, like for money. So I talk to everybody. In a sprint or a, no. Yeah, I do. Really? I mean, if somebody oh. passes me, I'm like, good job, man. Keep it up. I mean, you know, I'm, well, I'm not, not I'm, having like conversations. Like, I mean, when you're out there. For oh like yeah. No, hours, I don't, I don't do that. You know, you can just walk and you meet friends and. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, you can shoot the shit. I mean, what do you know? We still got eight hours left. Uh, for, so. for, for real though. Like when we run the sprint in Palmerton this year, like me and like three other people, we were doing like that. Cause they just went straight up like the, the whole incline at the very beginning. So we were just power hiking and we were talking about the Conor McGregor fight. Cause he had, that was that fight where he broke his leg like the night before uh. and we were hiking up the mountain and we were all talking about that the whole way up. So that would probably be the one sprint where we were walking and talking that I've done. <laughs> well, that's kind of an exception. Yeah. I mean, we were breathing hard, but we were talking too. Have you done uh, the Vermont uh, Ultra Beast? Oh, yeah. I've done it three times. Okay. Because I know, like, going back to the completion rate thing, I think it was 2012, like, Vermont, like, the highest, like, DNF rate. And it was, like, only, like, 14% of people finished. Was that the only year where it was a – was that a one-lap race or was that a two-lap race? Because didn't they do a one-lap race one year where it was a one-lap ultra? Maybe. I'm not sure. I was like, that was when I was just getting into Spartan. So I, uh, I just know that it had like a super high DNF rate. Yeah. Killington always has a high DNF rate. That's a tough bastard of a race. Yeah. I've it, done it. I mean, that doesn't look like the race for me, but it does look like, uh, it's like fun. The stuff they have in the water, like looks really cool. Yeah. But 
It is. It's probably cold, I would imagine. It's like in September. It's not that bad, really. Um, in yeah. 2019, they had a little bit of colder weather there. It was raining, and when you got to the top, the wind was hell on earth, man. It was so cold, and the wind was blowing so hard, and I wasn't even wearing thermal compression or a windbreaker. I actually had a cut. I had a sleeveless uh, just compression shirt, so I hauled ass to get back down in the woods out of that wind as quick as possible, but... I've done that race three times, and every time I do it, I'm always wondering, am I going to be able to finish it this time? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not confident at that place. I mean, because it's such a kick in the pants on that second lap. Yeah, There's always a time on that second lap where I'm in survival mode because competitive mode went away a long time ago. Yeah, I, I can't imagine like most ultras. You, I mean, well, most, most ultras like that. Like you did the Carolina Beast, and I, I feel like for yeah. or Ultra Beast, I feel like those like I never really hit that survival mode. I think it's like, you know, not like those mountain courses. Those mountain courses just just like oh, just finish. <laughs> you did twenty nineteen in Carolina, you didn't you? Care. You did twenty nineteen in Carolina, bad. right? I mean, it was again. Did the Ultra? It was the terrible year where it's like yeah. It was rainy, and they had the slip and slide mud mud pits and stuff. Yep. And I thought I was gonna die because when you go out for your second lap, there's all those open wave people. Yeah. On that front part, that was like just like a straight slide of right. mud. Yeah, because yeah, I thought I was gonna be taken out by somebody. But you finished the race, right? Didn't you place? Yeah, I got third. Hell yeah. You know, I only did like 400 burpees and four penalty laps. I only failed one obstacle. Can you believe that? Oh, you suck. And you know what? And you know what damn obstacle it was? It was the stairway to Sparta. Nope, it was the slip wall at the end. They had already thrown down all of the long ropes except for two short ropes, and the volunteer said that. The ultras had to use those two short ropes, and there was no way in hell I was getting up that muddy-ass slip wall to it. I did it on the first yeah. lap, but not the second lap. It was a mudslide on the second lap. I know. I was bad. I used I used a long rope. I was like, I'm doing no more burpees. Yeah, I was I like two hours ahead of fourth, so I was like, fuck it. <laughs> and the, the ropes are here. I don't even remember if they had any short ropes, but I was like, thank freaking God they have some long ropes out here because I, there's no freaking way. Because I did burpees the first time. Uh, and I was I did, so... I burpeed everything. I, like, anything that you think that you could burpee, I burpeed it. <laughs> and and I then was... I split my pants open in that race. <laughs> so... I'm like standing there doing burpees and like my whole butt's out. I'm like, whatever. It's awesome. I don't even care. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. So, and what was so sad at this point is I was so happy. I'm about to finish the race and I'm like, I'm not even that dirty except for my shoes being muddy. And then I had to do burpees and the burpee pit at that slip wall was a freaking mud puddle. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me, man. I was so upset. But that was a good race for me, though. I mean, time-wise, that was one of my better ultras. I was just at that race ready to suffer that day. But Yeah. Well, I mean, man, basically having a clean race would have helped a lot, too. Yeah. I think, awesome. I think I was only like... I think I was like 30 minutes behind first. I don't know how many like penalties she did, but I'm like... And 420 burpees and four penalty laps, I probably would have been pretty close. Yeah, me and her. I not done so many burpees. 
Me and her ran beside each other for a little while. But I just can't do the obstacles when it's wet. Yeah. It's like, forget about it. Like, I got like nothing when it's wet. I was super close to failing Olympus on on the second try because I remember, or the second lap, because I remember it, I remember just cheering out loud when I made it because it was super close. I was running out of grip so fast. You know, I think it'd be interesting if Spartan went to a uh, a multiple attempt and burpee out option. So, like, if you did, like, if you fell off the monkey bars, you could do them again, or you could immediately go to, uh, to burpees. Okay, so I'm down with that. But, like, you know, if you say it's multiple attempt, man, you're going to cut the legs off of a lot, a lot of people because that, that, start, that stairway to Sparta beast mode, some people can't even jump up and reach those rock grips. So. Well, I know, but that, that obstacle is multiple attempts. Yeah, it is. But, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, have all obstacles like that. You can try it as many times as you want to. So then it kind of has, like, a strategy to it. So, like, so it's, it's like, not like fail – you get to do the burpees if you give up on trying. I like that. That's a cool idea. Yeah, so, like, yeah, because, I mean, steroid is far, it's easier to, like, you know, you can jump up, try again, jump up, try again. Yeah. But then at one point, you got to be like, I'm not going to get this. Like, so you can either keep trying yeah. or you, like, make the decision. Right. To, I mean, I guess maybe with everything but the spear. Right. You don't want people just standing there doing spear. Yeah. I kind of like the spear. I know the spear gets a, like a lot of a bad rap. It, it adds um, a cool dynamic to the race, and I like it too. Even though I fail well, it, it too. Interesting, especially like in the men's men's race, because the men aren't failing anything. Right. You know what I mean? Like so, the top ten guys, the only thing that they're going to fail is the spear. So it's like at least it makes it a little bit more than just a running race. Like right. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, who's the fastest? Especially because in a sprint. All like, the obstacles are easy, so it's like, eh. Especially in, a, in the sprint. Yeah, and with good weather conditions in a sprint, the spear is about the only thing that's going to be failed, you know. Yeah. So I like that whole, because it's like, especially the spear is like at the end, and you're like waiting, and you're yeah. like, oh my God, are they going to hit it? So I think it adds like an element of like, excitement absolutely absolutely it's the obstacle you love to hate you know yeah i do wish they would do something more like subject uh objective subjective something like is that's uh not burpees because i feel like uh i don't know if you know but like in i think it was 2018 they're hard to judge uh, huh they're hard to judge you know so well, it's so inconsistent. So right. in Charlotte, 2018, I think, I got disqualified for burpee form. I have never in my whole Spartan racing career, and so in like eight years, been penalized for burpees, ever. Right. Ever. Like, and so this one race, this one-off race, on a Sunday, too, like, I did lots of burpees on Saturday, but apparently all the burpees I did on Saturday were good, and all the burpees I did on Sunday were bad. And so Robert Kogel was like, oh, yeah, it's like you did zero burpees, and he just disqualified me. Did he let you see the burpees you did? Yeah, and I'm, like, watching the video, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, they weren't vertical, like, but Uh, none of the girls in the pit were vertical either. Like, it was like, he was like, oh, they're more vertical than you. And I'm like... 
they're still not vertical. It was the same race yeah. where there's a video of Woods doing burpees at the spear, and he's not getting vertical either, and he didn't get any penalty. I'm like, like I don't mind being penalized. It's not the fact that I was penalized because you know what I didn't. If I didn't meet the standard, fine. Like, you know, I didn't meet the standard, but like literally within the same race. You have different athletes doing the same thing, and you're not penalizing them. Yep. Or, like, I had a friend that at a race, Robert Coble approached her and said, this was after he had disqualified me, but at a different race. He was like, none of these burpees would have counted, but since it's not a series race, I won't penalize you. But just know, if you want to run series races, you have to do better burpees. Mm. I'm like, and I'm standing right there, I'm just like, boiling i'm just like i'm sure and so it's just like i don't don't like the inconsistency with the burpees so i feel like if we use like a a measuring system like i like the penalty lap i know the penalty lap has gotten like a lot of crap this year it's got to be longer man it's got to be longer i get that like it should take at least like you know equivalent time to 30 burpees or like you know it shouldn't it shouldn't be like i know I feel like I was doing a race. Oh, yeah, it was Abu Dhabi. I, <laughs> the girl missed the monkey bars. Yeah. Like, it was very early in the race. I got across the monkey bars. We were, like, neck and neck. And then we're, like, neck and neck again. I'm oh. like, so I did the monkey bars the same amount of time it took her to do a penalty loop. What kind of crap is this? Man, there, it's, it's every race is like that, almost, you know. Like, I know, though, Carolina, I know you didn't do any penalty loops. But the penalty loop for the eight foot box was like half a mile long, and it was not like easy running either. It I heard was twisters like was bad too. Bullshit! Like it was terrible. It's, you know, it's the like twister some wasn't bad. It was like maybe like less than a quarter mile. But See... the, the eight foot box was like it was nonsense. Like I think I timed it, and it was like close to ten minutes. Like it was ridiculous. Wow, that is long. It was like it was a solid half a mile of bushwhacking. I think that a penalty loop should take at least three minutes. It, at least three minutes. And and here's why I say. Because if you decide to skip the obstacle altogether and do the penalty loop, let's think about this. Like say you're you're you know, the penalty loop is on Olympus. You get halfway across Olympus, you fail it, and then you go do your burpees. That's going to take you at least three minutes. So the penalty loop should take you three plus minutes. That's, I mean, I mean, I think it should be a quarter mile at least, half a mile tops. Yeah. I mean, well, that's just the way I feel. Well, course, though, you know, a quarter mile could take you less than two. Exactly. So, I mean. That's why I say given I the know, terrain. I don't, I don't like the idea, though, of like, like in a sprint. I want you to be penalized, but I don't want you to be out of the race. Like, so right. if you miss your spear three minutes on a 28-minute race, you know, you're out of the race. Yeah, but how, how fast are you going to do 30 burpees after you've picked up a spear and made a spear throw? I mean, I think somebody can do 30 me. burpees in, like, two two minutes. Yeah. I mean, if you're really banging them out, maybe a little bit less. But, so... Let's say you decide you decide fuck it. I'm gonna skip the spear, go straight to burpees. You know, it's that's why I say it's got to take. I I think it needs yeah. to be around that three minute range. Yeah, 
because I guess too, like people take their time on the spear. They like let their heart rate come down. You know, they probably spend at least a good thirty seconds, thirty to forty five seconds on the actual spear. Yeah, pulling it back. Like, yeah. So if you skipped it all together, like, yeah, because I mean, yeah. crazy as it sounds, I've talked to some people that say that they do that because they don't want to waste the time pulling the spear and throwing the spear, and then missing it, and then having to go do the burpees. It's, well, see, I think, though, that that should be, like, you which I should think have crazy. to um, engage. Like, that that's really against the rules, though. You're supposed to, like, I mean, I guess if you're running open or whatever, but you're supposed to engage the obstacle. Well, engaging the obstacle could, you know, be like, you know, how Lindsey Webster's done in the past, go and touch the rig and then go do burpees. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you should or have touching to, like, the tire uh, and going and doing burpees. Like you have to pull, pull the spear back and touch the spear. Yeah, I, that makes sense. So, like, because, I mean, I feel like if you're just running past the spear pit, you're not engaging the obstacle. Like, I agree. At least, like, if you run up, like, the rig, you have to get up on the step and touch, like, touch, like, the actual rig. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all that. You know, I mean, I... I I do obstacle course racing because I enjoy doing the obstacles. So I attempt to do every single obstacle that's there. You know what I mean? I'm going to fail it before I go and do anything. Yeah. I mean, I I get that too. I know that like definitely like some, I've I've done it before too. Like uh, strategy comes into play if I think like, I don't think I'm going to make it and like stuff is tight. I'm like, I'll just like touch it and go do burpees. Yeah, but I mean, you're, um, but I mean, on, on the women's side, I mean, it's that is a strategy, you know, because you yeah, know, if men's it's, side, you're not, they're not really going to miss it. So, I mean, I would probably, if I was a man, I would always attempt because nobody else is going to fail. Like nobody, no, no men are failing the rig. Yeah, it's like a lot of women know that hey, I'm not going to make this rig if it's in beast mode or I'm not going to be able to jump up on stairway because I can't reach the holds or I've never made it across Olympus before. I doubt today's going to be any any different. So I, I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that goes for some men too. I know a lot of men still have problems doing Olympus. Probably not higher on the elite side, but... But if you don't at least, like, try it, like, you're never going to actually get it. Right. Like, I know at least for, like, um, like stuff like Olympus, like, definitely practicing on it, like, helped me a lot. Yeah. And I watched uh, Kevin uh, Donahue did, like, a tutorial video that, like, helped me get it for the first time. And then since then, they changed it, though. Um, yeah, they so did. So when it's wet, sometimes I still miss it. But, like... They they change like the material like right. it used to be wood and now it's like this like uh, synthetic stuff. Yeah, so it's a lot slicker. Yeah, and the the pitch is a lot more. Yeah, it is. So I mean, I, I don't hate that. I don't mind that they make like this stuff a little bit harder. Um, but and I I don't know I don't know though that I like the idea of like the uh, the shorter the course the easier the obstacles. Yeah, and I, and I guess that, and I, and I see there why they're doing that because they say this is the entry level. It's supposed to be a five k because you know that's how most people you know they run their first five k and then they run a ten k and then they do their half marathon. So I guess they're progressing the distance 
with the toughness of the obstacles. So I get that from a selling point to like people coming into the sport new, you know? Yeah. I wish they would do like bone frog though. Like bone frog used to have like different, um, lanes. Yeah. Like, so you had the pro men, the pro women, and then like, like easier lanes. Well, you know, Savage does it. So, you know, after the, uh, Savage does it? yeah, the, well, once the, well, they do it on their, their hardest obstacle, which is, you know, the Savage rig, you know, they have that hard, uh, rig. And then like, as after the two hour mark or whatever their competitive mark is, they'll change like several of the lanes up to where you'll have like a really easy, a medium, and then they'll have some of the lanes stay like it was for the elite wave that went out. Huh. I didn't know that. Well, they started, well, the past couple of races I've done, they've done that. Okay, okay. Because I was like, I've never seen them do that before. But Maybe that, not. That they sense. have. They probably um, haven't always done that, but here recently, Savage has started making their Savage rig, like, super tough. See, I think that's a good play, though, by Savage, because you can challenge the elite, but then if you make it easier, like, you know, you have, like, easier lanes, like, you can still, like, let your open people be successful. Because, I mean, yeah. I know that, that, like, the majority of normal people can't go across an all-ring rig. Yeah, you're right. Like, so if you make it any harder than that, it's just, like, you know, it's, like, almost, like, an unattainable goal. Right, it's like you walk by and you're like, well, I know I can't do this if I can't do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, like, I um I like the idea of having like different lanes, right? Um, because I think it just works well because you challenge challenge the athletes and you challenge the normal people, and then you can feel like you know you were challenged, and you because I mean otherwise you look at a savage rig, and if you're just a normal person, you're like. I don't even want to get wet. I, don't, right. I know I can't do that. What I mean, I might as well just jump in the water. Like, <laughs> so, especially like the twirly bird or those, like some of those cheese board yeah. crap. Uh-huh. Um, or tough. the lache. Like that was another thing I looked at Savage and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, 2022, I'm going to do a Savage race. I'm going to finally keep my wristband. And then they come out with this lache crap. And I was like, yeah, yeah I don't know about that anymore. Yeah. I'm not trying to like, throw my shoulder out doing doing a lache on a wet bar or you know yeah and i would run into some of my friends and i'd be like hey man why didn't you run savage pro and he's like why so i could race to the rig to give up my band you know i mean so <laughs> some people are i mean and i when i get to the rig i'm like am i going to be able to do this i mean i have no confidence when i get there it's like here you know here's my best shot you know and i just see what i can do <laughs> yeah have I mean, you ever lost your van uh it's savage no i've been able to do it oh nice but yeah. like it 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 i've never gotten the rig on the first try okay i got it I on mean, the second try no the last joke. one did you ever do a battle frog i think i think never. the rigs now are harder than battle frog no i never did a battle frog i'm i miss i miss that show yeah i was you would have liked it well it was it was a fun it was a fun race. Um, At the time, I was barely able to afford to do the Spartan races I was going to, and I so 
it like trying to add extra money to go do some other race and i was kind of all in on spartan at the time so i was like nah i'm just gonna stick spartan this year yeah it gets expensive man this it hobby does. is like it's a very expensive hobby yeah but i used to off-road yeah. jeeps and so rock crawling jeeps you know you tear up parts so that was pretty expensive too yeah <laughs> I wish I could find me a, a sponsor that is like, oh, like, man, I wish I could find me somebody like the Sports Council of Abu Dhabi that just wants to, like, freaking throw money to the sky. See, you got to work on all them influ- the influencing you were talking about earlier. <laughs> I know. I, I almost have 1,500 whole followers now. <laughs> That's about I'm how so many funny. I got for doing this podcast, too. So. <laughs> you need to just show all the Spartan game stuff when it comes up and just share it and post something every day. Yeah. Every day, Tara. You got to do it every day. You got to stay on top of this. I can maybe get to 2,000. I can feel it. Yeah. And just, and just give me four more years. Yeah. And then, like, this. post, like, very risque workout, like, poses and pictures every day. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's how you get all the followers, just the butt shots. Heck yeah. I just can't do it. I just can't. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, no, no, no shade thrown at anybody who does. I just. Just, I, I mean, it, it's hard enough for me to take a normal picture, much less try to look sexy yeah. while I'm doing it. It just doesn't feel natural. I know. I could never get away with it because I, I, don't, I don't have any ass at all. So <laughs> That shit sailed a long time. I got a runner's butt for sure. You and Darun are in the same, same boat. <laughs> His is almost like concave. Yeah, you need to get him in the gym and get him doing some butt squats, man. I... And uh, he needs a lot of work. <laughs> I'm not a very. I'm not the. Uh, he needs. He needs more. Uh, more experience help than I can give him. Well, you got to be careful with him because he just had a back surgery, so don't break him. I know he's fragile. I'm trying to get him into my PT because uh, he's a uh, my PT's a pretty pretty knowledgeable guy. Right. So. <clears throat> well, Tara keeps me healthy. Tara, we are on an hour and a half here, but every time I bring somebody on, I always ask them the same questions, and I want to get these questions in before we run out of time. All right, sounds good. So, to this day, out of all the races that you've ran, what has been your most favorite race and why? You know, it's sticking sticking out to me in my head, um, the... uh, OCR World Championships and uh, when it was up in Canada, at Blue Mountain, it was like, say what, Blue it, Mountain, yeah, just because it was one of like the prettiest like horses. Like I remember getting to the top of, um, there was like this uh, seven or eight foot wall on the top of the mountain, and you get up there and it's just like you get to the top of the wall and you can see everything off the side of the mountain. That's cool. It was really cool. Um. So it's just like a really beautiful, like I didn't keep my wristband. It wasn't like an amazing race performance wise for me or anything like that. But I kind of like races like that because there's like zero pressure. So I was just like, I enjoyed the race. I had a good time. Um, And it was just really pretty, pretty up there. Cool. Okay, so my next question is, is what is the race that you hated, disliked the most, and why? I think it would be a tie between Wintergreen 
like 2016-ish. I was there. It was awful. It was terrible. It was it was the only race I have asked for like um, assistance from people to give me food and water <laughs> because I was I was like, oh, it's a super. It'll be fine. I was like leaning up against a tree, about to pass out. People were like feeding me gels and stuff. <laughs> that was that was a pretty pretty terrible race. That was a hard race. And, I was there. That was the last winter green too. Yeah. And then in a close close second would probably be Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I I've never cramped so terribly in a race before in my life. Like it was just painful. And like running in the dunes was like really cool for like, you know, the first I don't know, couple miles. But then it's like all at the same. So it's not even like you could pick out like landmarks or anything where you're like, all right, I'm gonna make it like you can see everything in front of you. So that's like when I got to like mile 13, I quickly realized that it's not a half marathon right. because I, I see that there is a lot of land in front of me that I still have to travel and a big freaking hill at the end. So that's when you got to 13 and a half ish miles and you have to carry the men's sandbag. And like, I can barely take one step without cramping. So that, that was, that was up there too, but all like, probably like uh nutrition related like just because i felt so bad that they're so memorably bad um not like necessarily like i guess the race itself just the the ill preparedness that i had for the races Hmm. okay so last question it's what is your race ritual and i and i say this like on friday do you have like a go-to meal is there like a certain thing that you like to do before the race on Saturday morning? Like, what are you eating for breakfast? What kind of supplements do you use? Like, what's your cheat sheet or like, you know, your secrets, Tara? Secrets? Yeah. So I have lucky socks oh. that I always wear. Do you sleep uh, in them? Do I what? Do you sleep in your lucky socks the night before oh, the race? No, I can't sleep in socks. That's for psychopaths. I agree with you. You can't. I can't sleep in socks. Um, Me neither. So I have. I have lucky socks. Um, I hardly sleep before a race. Not by choice. I just get uh, kind of like nervous. But I usually have just like a, some kind of bread product. I can't usually eat much before my race. But I have to have my my perform elite. That's my secret. I call it red cocaine. Red cocaine. Stuff, I drink that too. That stuff like is it. like really awesome. Yeah, I like that stuff um, too. Other than that, I don't I don't have too many rituals except except for my socks. I just like try to keep my anxiety level to a minimum. Right on. Well, hey Tara, I'm out of I'm out of questions here. Do you want to tell us where like people can follow you or reach out to you if they are looking for a personal trainer? I, I know on your Instagram, you you always show a lot of videos of stuff and you're doing. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, follow me on Instagram. Um, I post like lots of videos. Right now, it's a lot of high rocks training, but I do post stuff for like injury prevention for runners, mobility. Um, stuff like that and obviously if anybody has like content that they'd like to see they can 
like message me and I can make like specific posts about that. Um, I usually get a lot of like interest with like the mobility stuff. Um, cause I feel like that's where a lot of people have deficits. Um, Absolutely. Me too. But, you do yeah, a lot of unique some, mo- mobility videos. exercises too. I've noticed that. Um, but yeah, mostly Instagram. I, I do most of my posting and, uh, like social media and business stuff on there. What's your handle on Instagram? Or did you say? Uh, Terra Nova Trainer. Terra Nova Trainer. All right, cool. Is there anything you want to add to this? I think so. All right, cool. Well, hey, Tara, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to us, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too, Scott. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Tara again for taking time to talk to us. If you are looking for a coach for OCR or hybrid racing, you need to check her out. Also, check out that wisdom app I was telling you about at the beginning of it. I'm going to be live at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday, December 16th. Hop on there and uh, talk to me. And uh, we'll see you at the next race. Peace. Peace.